Welcome to the 200% Life Podcast, your weekly insights to spiritual growth and business success with Adam Hergenrother and Hallie Warner. It is back to school season week. That's a great <laughs> intro, Hallie. Uh, um, yes, we are. Uh, so we are, are back to school this week. Yes. Last week. They started last week. Yeah, right? they, did, they started last week. You know, it's yeah. funny. Um, actually, our kids start on Monday, the 28th, and my birthday is the 28th. So well, actually growing up my entire life, I was always like going to school on my birthday or the day before my birthday, like depending on how it swung, like it was always like, it was always on, it was always my birthday. Um, but I always equate the fair, the Champlain Valley fair, yes. which honestly I was going there since I've been like five and it's the rides are in the exact same spot as when I turned 42, we did because my kids go, um, and it was fun. Actually, my point of saying this was, it was actually interesting. Um, Stowe, the, where I live starts Monday and they give the kids off Friday and they've been doing this for decades because, and they call it Stowe Friday. And there actually used to be a discount at the fair for Stowe residents because they, they started early so they could have a whole day at the fair without the crowds being there. Oh my God. Yeah, it was weird. They call it Stowe Friday. And like literally the entire town of Stowe shows up there. For at them, the fair. At the fair. Do you on, just do rides or what do you do there? It was rides. I actually brought Prince because we were going somewhere uh, else and um, he's a service he do? dog paperwork. He did great. You know, there was some time was where, um, you know, like the like a balloon would pop and like yeah. it just, he didn't like, didn't that. like that. And, yeah. Or like when the kids are really wanting to run, he wanted to run with them and he didn't like not being able to do that. But yes. overall, to kind of exploring the stimulation so he gets used to, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He did, he did really well. We were happy for him. Um, but you know, the cool thing about school is the, the routine that it brings, you know, I, I, for you, you know, or the kids, for all of us, yeah. I think for everybody. And I think that's, that's part of it. Um, you know, you know, Caitlin and, and you and I were just chatting about this, um, about how like having a routine in your life actually creates a little bit more discipline and structure to it. Like even for me, I shared this example, I would get lazy and I say lazy, like I would like, it would like hit my alarm clock or like lay in like a half meditation, half not for like 20 more minutes or whatnot. Mm-hmm. When school starts, I know my kids are leaving the house by seven 30. So therefore I want to be done all of my stuff by close to around seven. So I have 20 minutes to help get people in the car. There's always a little bit of an argument going on between the kids and Sarah because Sarah's trying to enforce it. So anyways, I just want to be there to help out, which then forces me to be up in earlier and in, in exercising earlier or getting to what I need to do so that we can get all those stuff done. Um, but it's funny because I actually like that better than not having, than just having an enormous amount of time to kind of do whatever it is. It's like, it's nice having those kind of pinch points for it. And the kids, while they don't like it, they enjoy it. Like they come back, they're more tired. Like even last week in the first week of school, you could tell the stimulation, the new learning, like what they're doing. It just, again, it's just some contribution. And I think it's the same kind of, I, I think of, I, I was thinking about the routine aspect of this as it relates to 200% life. Um, because having it, the 200% life can be a routine for people. It can be a model for people, can be a guide for people, right? Which is, which is like you, you wake up and go, okay, well now I have a purpose or clarity of in each moment. There's, there's one thing that I can be doing, which is either, uh, enjoying the moment that's there. And if I'm not enjoying the moment, I'm working on letting go of the part of me that's preventing it. I actually asked this question the other day. I asked it of myself because I found myself defending. <laughs> when I actually asked this in Project U, they were, hey, Caitlin, if you remember, um, I, I said, I just said simply, I said, what are you defending? Right? Yeah, like, you emailed us something. Yeah, I did. I just said, like, what are, 
like think about your life and like think about the part of you that you're defending to the outer world, right? Isn't that funny how we do that? What was your answer when you asked yourself that question? Well, it was my ego, clearly. But like, it was just like, why? Why? I just it just dawned on me one day that I was like, man, I am def like I find myself trying to defend my ego, and I'm like, all I'm doing it is giving into it when I do that, and. What does that look like though? Like in, cause just saying, so for example, yeah, example. like it could be something like t take the race, for instance, right? We've talked yes. about the race, right? Um, and, and I like, said you came in 11th. Yes. And, and I instantly came in ninth, came in ninth uh, <laughs> for there. And I'm, and I just literally, those little things, even though they're, they're little, but it, like that energy inside me just got disturbed because I'm like, actually, I'm ninth. Hallie, you should yep. know that, yep. right? Like, and I'm like, well, then why am I, what am I defending there? Yeah. I'm oh, defending my egoic self that goes, no, you're actually a ninth. Does it really matter? Like, it's not like you're going to give me a trophy. It's not like I'm winning anything. Like, no, like nobody, you actually don't care. <laughs> I mean, you care that you ask a question, but yeah. you don't care. Right. I could have came in a hundredth and you wouldn't have changed anything yeah. inside That's of you. Yes, job. exactly. So my point is, is like when you, I found myself defending on all these little things that I wasn't paying attention for, like again. And so then I was like, it just dawned on me. Like, I'm like it crept, started creeping back in? Well, not then... just like I did this thing and became aware of it. Like, and I think we, and I think we all are like in anything. So let's just take your work, Right. Somebody mm -hmm. criticizes your work. You're now offended. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? It, it's not that you're offended. What's def what's offended? And what are you now defending? You're actually defending your ego. Mm -hmm. And it's so again, so it's like work and like somebody doesn't like your child. Right. That's like a big one for me. I know it's. Oh, well, for, I don't yeah. mean to like your child, meaning that like your child's having an issue or they didn't right. get picked to go to a birthday party and you find yourself instantaneously like going, well, what's wrong with them? Like, why wouldn't they be picked? Like you, you find yourself defending your child inside. And I'm like, this is nothing to do with anything. And I'm like, right, right. I'm now riled up about trying to defend my own child inside. I'm not even sharing this with anybody, but my ego is now upset as to why this person wouldn't be picked for some party because of doing it. And it just seems, it just, it was like, what am I doing? Mm. And it was just, I, I, so then I just, then I journaled about that. It was like, wow, that I just became more aware, which is, I think one of the first things that you'll gain from reading the 200% life is that you, you gain this awareness that these things even exist. And as you peel back the layers, that's why it's a never ending journey is I just found myself defending, literally defending my ego, which is really what I was doing. And so when you go far enough back from it, you realize that the ego is like a two-year-old toddler who's incredibly spoiled. And when it doesn't like the outcome from the outside event of whatever's happening, it then throws a fit. When that fit causes a disturbance inside you, which you feel, and then you instantly respond from that disturbance. And in this case, is a defense. That's the whole process of how it works, right? If you just watch it, that's, what, that's what's happening. And anything... And then somebody would go, well, what's wrong with defending your work? There's nothing wrong with counteracting or having a conversation about it. But I can tell you that if you're honest with yourself, you're defending it because you're disturbed. There's a, I'm not saying you're going home and like you're going to go punch a tree because you're, you're that upset about it. But there's a level of disturbance. You're not in a total state of well-being in that moment. Right. Yeah. Sometimes when you say defending, I, what comes to mind for me is like you just start justifying why – like justifying why the other person is wrong or why you're right or yeah or why my kid is better and should be picked up or why yeah. my dog is better than that and you should like my dog or why like it just what you should yeah. like dogs in general and not like just anything yeah. that's going on you find yourself literally or the person that's walking down the street that's not dressed the way same way you are right you're just 
you, you can you you then get well, that's judgment. Yeah, it's more judgment. But you get yeah. like we're going down that path. But you, you get my point. Like there's if you just become aware of this, like you'll you'll find that you're defending your ego way more than you than, than you realize. Or at least I'm just sharing my own experience. Mm-hmm. But um, once it becomes you aware, you're watching it. Accountability for no, it's a natural part, process. Your parts of your parts of the only thing that I can think of. I don't know if this is the same what you're talking about is because of course for me a lot of work stuff generally comes up, and so. I remember very recently I was feel like defensive, but I felt like it was almost like justifying why somebody else was wrong or making a bad choice and, you know, why the way I work is better kind of thing. And, um, but then I wasn't necessarily also taking the accountability for my part and why that person was not showing up the way I maybe expected or, they're leaving for a certain reason and it's probably more my fault than I'm I'm defending why it's not my fault, but maybe it really is my fault. There, there certainly could be an element to that. I think it's just a natural reaction that happens because, look, if somebody's throwing something at you, what do you naturally do? Put your hands up and Yeah, you defend it. yourself, right? Yeah. So if there's an emotion inside that comes up that feels disturbed, your first reaction is to put your hands up inside and that's your defense that's your natural defense mechanism so it's a natural process that actually happens again if somebody's gonna throw a punch at you naturally try to you do something right you may put your hand up you may turn your head you may whatever it is you just naturally try to defend yourself the same thing happens inwardly the minute something that disturbs you shows up in there you want you your natural quick first reaction is to justify to defend something to alleviate this internal disturbance. Yes. That's, I'll that's, that. yes. Right. So that's what happens. Whenever we want to, it may be different for each one of us, but of course sure. it is because the moment's happening from there. And for me, I just found I could watch the process unfold where it was like something happened outwardly. And then instantly, this part of me wanted me to defend it. And I'm just like, I'm not going to touch you anymore. Like, you're done. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to defend you to anybody. And that's the, that's a, a, a layer of growth, which is, which is the defense there. Um, it, well, it's kind of interesting. That's the way the, this conversation is going because the, um, the we've been talking about these seven principles of truth, and the sixth one that we're about to talk about today is everything is energy. And so, it, to me, everything you're talking about is energy. Yes. It's not like anyone was actually physically hurting the dog, or you know, mm-hmm. no one's punching us in the face or yeah. anything like that. Like it's just all these energy disturbances. Yes. Well, I mean, everything is so the, the the kind of the whole concept there is everything is energy, and that's what you feel. Like, I mean, again, you could you could take a scientist and come in here, and they would tell you your your body is actually not solid, right? If you mm-hmm. get down to a lowest certain amount of microscopic level, you can see that it's just atoms and protons and neutrons kind of floating around that make up your human body, right? So somebody could say that you're a body, but somebody could say like, no, you're a bunch of just free radicals floating around. I feel like we, maybe not everyone, but we generally can agree that everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Why is it, and why is that a principal truth? Why is it important for us to acknowledge that everything is energy? Well, um, because I think it levels the playing field for everybody, and I think it just brings you to a baseline of what what is an emotion. Emotion is just the energy that you pick up. What is the voice inside your head? It's just energy. What is anger? It's just energy. What is love, by the way? Just energy. What is joy? It's just energy. So the, here's the thing that you really want to take away from this concept, which is 
Who is the one who experiences the energy? Right? You. You, right? So it's like you. It's like that's there ha in order for you to say, I feel irritated or I feel jealous, there has to be a subject object relationship and there has to be somebody in there that's experiencing the shifts of your energy. And you are not the anger. You're not the anger. You are the one who is experiencing it. Yes, that's exactly right. So the way to me, like how I use this in an everyday life, it just is a reminder of, well, I'm not really irritated or I'm not really the person that wants to defend this, right? I'm just experiencing the fact that instantaneously my ego got offended and it asked me to defend it. And the only reason why it's doing that is because that's what we've done most of our lives, which is justify, defend, whatever, go down the rabbit hole to kind of alleviate the disturbance that's in there. But all you're doing is you're suppressing it at that point. And so you're just taking the energy, which is, again, we use the word samskara, um, not me. I mean, I've, you know, it's around for 2000 plus years. It's an ancient Sanskrit word, um, samskara, which means um, it's where an energy from a moment that can happen um, can stay with inside you if you choose to freeze it. Just like water can be frozen energy can be frozen. A frozen ice cube is still water. It's just now highly concentrated and it stays in one location. It's the same thing with an energy event that has happened outside. And if somebody comes up and tells you that you're a terrible person and that they never want to see you again, most likely somebody's going to store that as like a frozen ice cube that's inside them in a cooler and it's going to be there forever until they allow that to melt and, re and relax through there, right? And that's the, the, if you follow that analogy, that's what the energy is. Energy just takes different forms. So for instance, like a samskara becomes a, it's like a circle and the circle of energy, which is this vibrational pattern that you had. So when somebody yelling at you, that's an energy experience that you're having. And so therefore you're trying to push it away because it feels uncomfortable. By pushing it away, what you're doing is you're creating a, you're, you're, you're keeping it inside you that you keep experiencing. And that is what we call a samskara, which is a, a stored energy pattern um, that's basically like a circle. It keeps moving, but it doesn't go anywhere. Right? It's, again, it's not quite the same as an ice cube, but you get the point, right? Like you can freeze water. It's still water, right? It just, it's frozen, right? And the same thing with an energy pattern is energy can be released, which is what when you release a samskara or when energy is released in within you, it's this, it has the same vibration to it the same energy vibration to it that it did when you pushed it away. So therefore when it's coming up, you will feel it again. Let me give you an example of this. If you had red water and you didn't like the color red, so therefore you froze it. When you unthought it, what color would it be still? Red, red right? So it'd be this, it's the same components to it. So the same thing happens when an event happens outside that we don't allow ourselves to just allow the energy to move through us just like through time and space, it's just working its way through this. The minute we don't allow that to happen, we then freeze it, we pause it. Again, the Buddhists used to refer to this as push or cling, right? They would mm -hmm. push something away or they would cling to it. In either case, it went to the same spot, right? And then it keeps, and then that's why most of our, our experiences tend to be negative because we store and push away more negative experiences. So therefore, when they try to be released and try to let go, again, it's like you have a whole bunch of, you know, ice that's frozen that you're trying to make a pond with, the faster you can let go, the faster the water just melts and it kind of moves on, the faster that the energy can be released and move through you. But however, what happens is when that energy is released, it carries the same energetic component, which you feel. 
So again, anger has a feeling, but it's energy. Mm-hmm. So if you stored anger, when you're releasing it, that energetic component of anger is going to be released and then experienced by you. And so that's why when it's important for us to understand that everything is just energies, that's why when a moment happens, me, you, and Caitlin can experience the moment completely differently mm-hmm. based on what it's hitting that we've stored. So if, if, if an event happens outside, Caitlin and I might not be bothered by it at all, but Hallie is through the roof, right? She just can't believe that we're not even bothered by this, right? Or vice versa, Right. You two ladies may not be in at all. And I'm sitting there going like, how can you not be bothered by this? Right. Mm-hmm. Again, it's only based. It's, it's only because the moment had nothing to do with why you're experiencing it. The moment is trying to re- get you to allow you to release these stored energy patterns so you can fall back to yourself. You know, it's, it's like it, and people go, well, how do I then find total well-being? Well, if you cut the lines from a hot air balloon, you don't have to find air. You just naturally go up. And it's the same thing here. The minute you release these things, you don't have to find yourself. You just are yourself at that point. Anyways, so the the whole concept with energy should give you um, uh, hopefully a, a model, a growth path, a a, a little uh, comfort in knowing that it's supposed to be painful. And again, we've talked about this many times in the podcast. That pain is the pain that releases all pain. You have to go through the pain that causes all pain in order to release all pain. And the reason they they just use the word pain as a way of saying the energy that you stored most likely was a negative form of energy. So we've labeled them as the humans, like irritation, anger, jealousy, frustration. What else? You know, hostile, you know, whatever, right? Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I have kind of a random question, but um, as we're... Like, where do you, in this whole concept of, like, the energy and everything is energy um, and the, the stuff that we store, like, the list you were just making, where do things like anxiety or regrets come in? Are those emotions that are also stored or are those, like, how do how do we, what are those exactly? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, well, you said anxiety? Yeah, anxiety and, like, regrets came to mind, too, like... Well, I think anxiety really cause, um, can come from, again, some experience that you've stored that's in there that's being illuminated that had the vibrational energy component of anxiety. So therefore, you tend to be more anxious than other people. Mm-hmm. And until you release that, you're going to experience that way more because you have more of it, right? If you have more, you know, if, if somebody has a, an area that rains a lot more, you're going to experience more rain. The same thing inside. But it's still just, ener- it's just, it's just energy, energy, what it is. And to try to, I mean, you could really get, you know, all into it and try to figure out where it came from and why. But, you know, is it from past lives? Is it from this life? Is it from, you know, anything that you've had? I mean, who knows? Is it a combination of all things kind of brought into it? Probably, right, of all what that is. And it's just now trying to make its way through you. And again, just like just like everything else makes its way through you, you just stop blocking it. So and we just labeled it as anxiety. The other thing is like I, I'd also say anxiety comes from resisting the moment, the current moment. Like there's, there's, it can boil up because in the current moment, if you start anxiety can flare up from a current moment because you're now resisting what's actually happening that can cause anxiety, mm-hmm. um, for what it is. Um, regrets is another one, right? It's this, that's the ego taking a form of going, you're going to regret this, right? Like it's just, it's nobody's ever had a feeling of regret if the voice didn't talk to you about the regret that you're having and the regret on. 
Like it's like yeah. there's there's a there's an energetic pattern that shows up there. It's not like you queue up and go, great, Hallie, queue up regret. No, it just shows up because it's something happened. It stimulated that and it shows up and goes, you don't want to have any regrets. I think there's a deeper element. Or that you do regret. Not that you don't want to have any regrets, but like that you do regret. Let me just give you an example because I'm just kind of thinking about this right now and maybe you can help me out. That I've, I used to always be the type of person that up until maybe a couple of years ago that would just say, I, do, I don't have any regrets. It also could be because I'm so, so somewhat like risk averse. And so I, it's not like I every choice I made was pretty well thought out and I didn't you know do anything rash or whatever. Um, and it wasn't because I thought I was always right. It was just I didn't really have any regrets in life. And I usually would learn something if it was. But I've realized late, like the past even just a couple of weeks, I've been feeling a lot of regret about some things in the past. And I'm wondering if part of that is because I'm, I ha- am growing personally or, and or spiritually. And I'm realizing that some of my past actions were not really my best or highest self. And I would have done it differently with the way I am now. So now I feel regret about it. Yeah, that's great. Um, I, I, I think. What yeah. does that mean? Yeah. Tell me. Well, I mean, I, again, it's just so it's an energy thing. I think part of it is, is like that can you can very easily when you're doing something in the moment, especially if it's driven from ego, from some form of psyche that you build or some form that you're trying to support. Um, you can easily mask the fact that like, oh, this is this is not a I can easily do this and I'm, and, and I, can, I can make sacrifices for these things. This And you can justify why you're doing it as you peel back more onions. You then start to go and go, wow, I was actually. Actually, just I was the regret, the feel, the experience that you're feeling is from you masking and justifying why you're doing those things, which you've come to realize wasn't true. That yes, that's almost exactly what's yeah. happening. Yeah. yeah. And then what do you do? Like, do you go back and like make amends or do something different, or or do you just let it go? Uh, I think both. And I think naturally you'll find a way to, to be able to do that. So again, you could, if it, if it feels in that direction that you need to say something to say to somebody, then you do it. Um, it, and sometimes you just, again, I, I, Michael Singer always used to say, he goes, if no matter what you've done, even if you're in jail for the worst crime you've ever done, if somebody asks you, would you do it again now? And they say, no, then you go, that's it. It's done. You never have to think about it again because now your growth is growth. And I think that's the same thing. Now that may translate into seeing this person or whatever it is that you're you're referring to and you may take an action now that's different from what it is right but going back and then in using and suffering or dwelling on a regret it does no good for the current moment that you're in because you right. nobody's in the history of life ever changed what's happened but you can learn from it correct and that's usually how i've thought yeah. about things but i'm almost now so feeling like Maybe well, be careful about feeling so guilty about it. That's another he, form of ego. Yes, I was going to say feeling a little guilty and almost like, like I should, then, I should go yes. back and because then what apologize you'll do is, or correct yeah. because now I've learned. Yeah, learned. And it may be that you do, but it also could be a form of just the ego taking another shape and going, "Oh, now you feel guilty, so therefore you're responding from guilt." Just be careful you're not doing that. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that's what that's the shape shifter. That's what happens because you go from one emotion to the other, which is just both energy. Right. So you just it's more from like a neutral. Which is what you said in the beginning part, which is right. If you're willing to let that, so now you feel guilt. Let that guilt go. Mm -hmm. Once that's through, 
then decide what action you want to take. Yeah. Okay. So once it's through, once the energy has worked its way through you, you'll have a state of, you're kind of like shake. Like we have a dog now. It's so funny to watch it. Whenever a dog gets into a stressful situation, they shake off their energy. Right. You can see them, right? They do the energy shake. Because all they're trying to do is they don't know they're doing that. They just, they don't have a mind like we do to beat themselves up like we do, right? They just shake it off and that energy has gone in that moment. The same thing you can do is like you almost like shake the energy out. Once the energy's out, you're now back to a neutral state. Then decide if there's something you need to do. Mm, yeah. Most of the time, it's really interesting. Most of the time when, when people then counteract things, it wasn't, it wasn't even necessary. It was, they're now counteracting to try to get themselves to feel better versus doing anything to serve the moment. And this is the funniest thing that people do that. They go from that to then going, well, I need to go make sure this person knows that I'm doing it. And I go, why are you doing it for? Well, it's for me. Yeah, I and don't it, want it to. I, I well, then the war, yeah. the, the funny thing is, and it's fine. It's not wrong. They're doing it with good intent. I get it. But it's actually not serving the moment. If you're, do, if you're doing it for you, and maybe that's a release thing that you need to do, that's fine. If you're doing some psychotherapy and you're doing some work and you need to go out and then heals that process, that's wonderful. But the deepest work that you can do is so that you can think about it and not be bothered. Because therefore then, which is the deep work that if you're willing to let that go, that's gone, and then you can show up to the next moment with total clarity. But what if, um, I exactly had to ask that this, but what if it's you've done something that does hurt somebody else? You're just like, well, I'm good with it, so well, that, I guess see, I'm... Well, that response that you, how you even just said that <laughs> is from ego. I, I know, but like yeah. you're just saying like if you feel like you've let it go and you're okay with... You're okay, then you can just move on. But is there any place where there's a need to go back into whatever the situation sure. was? yeah. I mean, there of course there could be, right? Even if you're cold, totally fine with it. Yes, and again, that's what I said. And that, you're doing it for that person at this point rather than for yourself. You, you're actually doing it to serve the moment. You're not okay. doing it for them or for you. You're doing it because that's what's being asked of you in the moment. And and it's not like the moment is sitting there writing you a little note that says you should go do this. It just, you'll naturally find yourself sitting in front of the person and you go, I'm sorry, or whatever it is, right? Or just whatever yeah. it is that you're doing. What do you think about when somebody says, well, you know, it was just the right thing to do? Is that like an ego thing? It's really tough to tell in each situation. Most yeah. likely though, most people's, again, most people's energy fluctuates from, you know, a, it's just run by the ego. So if, if it's just trying to remember the ego or the self concept is all it's trying to do is vying for your energy, for your energy to give on it, which is illuminating it, which is mm-hmm. to put your thought, you know, put energy on thoughts, put your energy on emotions. And as it does that, it stays, it stays there. So now, cause it's like a mirage, but a real mirage cause it has real experiences. The only way the mirage can exist is if you constantly keep putting energy on it. So what it's, it's like a real living mirage. So like what it does is says, Hallie, I don't care what I have to say or do or what emotion I have to just let go at my disposal to get you to pay attention to me or whatever happens in your life. That's all I care about. And so that's what it ends up doing. So if it feels like you've conquered it in one way, it shape shifts and goes and goes, Mm -hmm. well, now you feel guilty. So you should probably go do that. And either way it's winning. That's why what you And the other, I don't know if it's my mind or what is saying, you know, really, that's the right thing to do. Well, that's because the mind is using the mind to narrate, to tell you what to do, which yeah. is what it's doing your entire life. So then what do, what do you so, do? So again, relax and release is the highest yeah. technique. So then, and then you're clear. So then once the emotion's through, you may sit there and you go, man, I'm, you know, I'm going to, 
you know, I feel the need that I need to go actually say something to this person or write them an email or something along those lines. And then you'd find yourself doing the action to help serve the moment. Or you're like, or, you know, or as long a, as you let go of the outcome of what that, cause yeah, or, sometimes you have all those expectations. Or here's the, here's the other thing that was most likely will happen for a lot of cases, especially if they're smaller things. Yeah. You end up being clear from the emotion and the next moment comes in there and you serve somebody else. You again, right? Because now you're clear, not caught up about, am I feeling guilty? Am I not doing this? You're just in the moment, the person's sitting there and you're helping somebody else. So that now the next moment is raised up from you being there. It's like if you go again, going back to like a, like a dog, right? I just look at this as like, we're, our dog's still there and it's still learning. Like he'll grab like a shoe and I'll look at him like this and say, no, and he'll drop it. But he's not like coming back to apologize. He's learned. And then I was in the next moment to how he can go have fun in the next moment. And so that's the, the whole rhythm of our lives, which is, but, I mean, I get the analogy, but like, we're not animals in that we want to like care for other people. Well, it's not caring for other people. All it's doing is it's like, it's now in the next moment. It's no longer, it's not carrying the baggage from the fact that it, it learned and it no longer is picking that shoe up anymore, but now it's serving the next moment, which may be going to play with this or going to lay down or whatever it is. It's the same thing for you. I'm not, I'm not saying you don't have memory recall. You have a much more advanced system than that. But what you can do is when all of a sudden you're in the moment, if you become clear, it'll be very clear to you what the next moment is asking you to do. It's no longer ego or self-concept generated. It's just you're, you find yourself in that moment doing it. And then, and then if you get stuck at the end, I mean, it's, if your intention is to raise the moment up, you can never go wrong either. So always backfill on that. Yeah. If your intention goes like my, my true intent is to, is to really serve this moment, then I'm going to go serve the moment the highest that I can. And if it's not right, then I'll take the same approach next time, which is to raise the moment as high as I feel like I can do it. You're going to make mistakes along the way. It's not going to be right. Just like even in that moment that you're, that you're referring to before, whatever that was years ago, whatever it was, in that moment, that was your highest form of serving the moment. So that's why you can let go of the guilt. Yeah, it was funny you say that because I think sometimes the guilt comes because I knew it wasn't really the right thing. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. So, that's, so then you know, right? Yeah. That's, exa- yeah, that's, that's my point. Like, yeah, yes, but you like, do it anyway. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's, I think, where it comes yeah. in. Yeah. 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 I'll give you this, another example um, of my, that just happened actually recently with me is uh, Sarah handles a lot of stuff for sports in terms of signing up and she missed the opportunity to sign Asher up with the right friend group on a Monday. Yeah. And, um, as that, as that happened, um, as that happened, she, she didn't get it signed up for the, for the Monday group. And then now all of a sudden he's not with his friends and they can't get him back in there. Uh, and so I literally had this, like, it felt like an hour but it was like 15 milliseconds of could responding to serve and help Sarah and be like, well, that happens. It's new. Cause I knew she did her best. It's, it yeah, wasn't clearly no. not her fault. It wasn't the fact she didn't, she just picked the wrong group and she didn't know it was supposed to be shredder four, right? Like she picked a different group, yeah. but now the outcome is, and she's feeling really bad about it. And so in that moment, I, 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 I you can see it where it could have, I could have, I think like, well, it's not your fault. I know you worked really hard. And I was like, well, that sucks for Asher. And in that moment, I was like, that was not the right response because now it's me. Now that response was passive aggressive to say, you didn't do your job. Right. And now you messed it up for Asher. And now I messed it up for Asher. And then that just prolonged Sarah into feeling even more guilty. Yeah. And so then I, I, so, so again, this is an example, like five minutes went by and I'm like, that was the wrong response. 
So I call her back up and I go, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't support you there. I know you're doing your best. I, it came out wrong and that was not my intention. Mm-hmm. And, and then, and, and then again, you can instantly hear her relate. She's, and then she's like, I know I'm doing, my, I don't know. What, you know, like, so it's just oh, like yeah. everyone's doing their, I, and I know it wasn't her intention to do that. So again, how quickly can you, can you work through that? Cause a lot of part of me was like, well, of course it's her fault. That's what she's supposed to be. Like, you know, you can oh, feel yeah. that whole energy coming up. Well, there. that's that whole like defending and yes, that's exactly right. Coming in. But yeah. I knew the minute I said it, I was like, that was not the highest form of serving the moment right now, Adam. That well, was, you did it very quickly. Like, I think mine's been like a few months. Well, again, it's, well, it's better than years or whatever it is. Now you're at least yeah. aware of it. And again, so that's, that's, that's part of the spiritual journey though, is that it's not that you, people are perfect, right? I think Mayor Baba actually wrote down in his things when he was with his teacher, uh, so enlightened, high enlightened master, Mayor Baba was, when when he started, like the the, the st- story goes that they had his foot like on his chest. I don't know if you ever heard this, Caitlin. And Mayor Baba started to be lifted up into this whole thing. And, and he's like, no, 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 don't. I'm not ready to go. I'm not ready to go. I still have to stay here and, and take care of my mom. And he lifted his toe off him and said, don't worry, it's, it'll happen when it's ready to happen. And he went on to give this lecture about life is like sandpaper. And so it's always the, it creates a fine or finer element, but there's a back and forth. There's a constant rub that's going on that's making it smoother. And you just naturally, once that's ready to go, you'll let go. Uh, and then he eventually did. And then he came back and realized, and he said, well, once you let go, you don't actually let go of anything. That's why, you know, when even Jesus said, you know, I'm in this world, but not of it. That's exactly what he meant. Like I'm in the world to go. It's really kind of the same, like in the world, not of it is almost like a 200% life concept, which is I'm in this world. I can play with the world. It's wonderful. Like go have fun, like whatever fun means to you or go explore it, whatever it is but I'm not this world, which is what he's saying is I'm not the voice. I'm not the emotions. I'm not these, these energy experiences that I'm having. None of them are me. I'm not my job. I'm, I'm not, not my, my job and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. but I'm still in here exploring it, but that's not any of me. Now he said it a lot easier than we did, but like, that's, that's what he literally, that's what he said though. Right? Like I'm, I'm in this world, but not of it. And that's, that is the essence of, of what we're doing here. So it's like when you use the world though, as like that sandpaper, which is going to rub, rub you, and cause some friction. And when it does, you w- be willing to let go. And if you're willing to let go, relax and release, it'll take you as far as it can take you. Hey everybody, before you go, Helen and I wanted to ask you for a favor. As business owners, you understand that reviews and testimonials are an essential part of growing your business and reaching new audiences. Well, from two business owners to another, we would be incredibly grateful if you could support us by leaving a review. It does really help us get the podcast in the hands of other conscious business owners. So thank you.